0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This JOYcast is a free service brought to you by JOY 94.9. Support JOY 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.
1: Your voice, your radio station. JOY 94.9.
2: Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey.
0: The roundup on Joy 94.9. From the nitty to the gritty.
2: For a fault to develop two years after the aircraft actually enters service, it's almost guaranteed to be a manufacturing fault. The outright political. You can't pay your respects to somebody that has left down a coal mine. The frightfully bizarre. I would tell
0: George Bush I didn't have the grounds to call him a racist. And everything in between.
1: I'm not lesbian. I'm not even kinda lesbian.
0: You're listening to Joy 94.9 and this is The Roundup. Hello and welcome to your weekly dose of opinionated news and current affairs. The Roundup is on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. I'm Ali Palatier, and with me tonight are q and wizards Jed Gilbert and Anthony Smeaton. Hello.
3: Hi guys, oh, nice hello. to be back.
0: Hello, welcome back both of you. On tonight's show we're going to find out what's happening in Libya. We'll ask if Melbourne really is the most livable city in the world and of course I'll be bringing you all the latest gossip from Hollywood.
3: But first, Anthony Smeaton here with the news and current affairs wrap on the roundup. And Julia Gillard hasn't ruled out a deal with Tony Abbott on asylum seekers, but has called on the opposition leader to clarify his position. Mr. Abbott's offered to help the government change the law to re offshore processing after the High Court rejected the government's Malaysia solution. But Ms. Gillard says she's concerned Mr. Abbott only wants to help in order to push his agenda of processing asylum seekers in Nauru. A teenage size 8 model is stunned at being labelled too fat, at on Australia's Next Top Model. Alessandra Moore weighs 57 kilos and is considered underweight according to the Body Mass Index. Moore, however, was openly criticised on the show for her size with Judge Alex Perry comparing her body to oversized luggage. The number of job ads on the internet and in major metro newspapers has fallen for a second straight month. The ANZ job ad series fell 0.6% in August in seasonally adjusted terms with experts warning unemployment could go as high as 5.5%. The fall comes amid the release of a number of different indicators showing the economy's performance remains mixed. And a new mobile phone app that helps track fat and sugar content in foods has been launched in Melbourne today. The Obesity Policy Coalition says the new traffic light food tracker will allow shoppers to bypass the food industry's reluctance to support the traffic light labelling system. Users can enter the fat, sugar and sodium quantities in their food items and save each item in their pantry within the phone app. And that is the news and current affairs wrap on Join94.9's The Roundup. Back to you guys.
1: So did you see this week that gay men are taking over the world? Little (laughs) more detail. (laughs) Did you see that? Did you miss that? I think
3: I know what you're talking
1: about. Because the issue is, do you report on it? So the thing I'm talking about is the new Apple CEO, and you know he's taken over from Steve Jobs, and he's gay. Okay. So, but this whole furor popped up on like online social networking and and spread into the media around whether you report that he's gay or not.
3: And is he is he openly gay? Is he out yeah. and proud gay? Is
1: Yeah, as far as I know, he's he's out. He's not, you know, like he's not flamboyant and so he's not like the typical, you know, gay man that someone might think, but he is a gay man and he's now, you know, the CEO of one of the world's most well, maybe the world's most influential company.
0: So what's the issue that somebody's reported alongside that he's now the CEO of this company, that he's also a gay man. Yes. And he's been slammed for reporting that.
1: Yeah, the journalist has been slammed and then other journalists are leaving it out of their reports.
0: Okay, so, gosh, I would have thought that it was reasonably significant not in the context of you know his ability to do his job but just for the simple fact that he's then a really awesome gay role model and that's something that as the world expands and it becomes more normalised to be gay or be queer we need kind of role models to show us that so let us know what you think SMS 0427 joy 949 or email on air at joy.org.au and uh, and you can let us know your thoughts Uh, would you want to be outed at work or you know do you think that it's important that we know who's queer who's not queer who's gay who's lesbian out there in the world i'm just so proud of him
3: (laughs) (laughs) one day it'll be a non-issue but for now i think it's probably a good thing for yeah young gay and lesbians who need a bit of encouragement to come out in the office
0: yeah yeah Uh, coming up next we'll be chatting to an expert about what's going on in libya you are with the roundup on joy 94.9
2: you ready get set? Are you ready? Are you ready
0: get set? Are you ready set? Let's go. you are on Joy 94.9 on the roundup with Ali, Anthony and Jed and that last track was Are You Ready by Fatty Gets a Stylist, uh, a side project for Kate Miller-Heidke. Right. Loved it. Song,
3: Loved isn't
1: it. it?
0: Yeah, really fantastic. And
1: remember you can visit us on Facebook. Go to Facebook facebook.com forward slash the roundup on joy 94.9 now the arab spring continues into winter as successful revolutions spread from tunisia through to egypt and now to libya but what does it really mean for the people on the ground we have on the line anthony billingsley lecturer in middle east and international relations at the university of new south wales to help us find out hi
3: anthony Uh, good evening Hi, Anthony. This is also Anthony. Great to have you on board oh, tonight. Hi there. <laughs> um, now, we'd be keen for you to give us a bit of an overview of where things are at today in Libya. Obviously, this um, sort of crisis has been going on for a number of months and has been reported in the news heavily. And in the last um, few weeks, I guess, especially things have moved into Tripoli and, and it's really um, sort of all happening. Can you give us an overview of where we're at today? <laughs>
2: Well, look. I, I guess we're in something of a, a transitional stage. Uh, most of the the heavy fighting is over. We looks like looks like we might have a bit more to come, but basically that part of it is is determined. Um, and then we're moving into a period where we're looking at all the hard work, the clearing up, the, the getting the things working again. You know, getting water flowing and, and, and electricity and gas on, and getting people back to work. Those sorts of in, in many ways, more challenging tasks that, that a government has to, uh, has to adopt.
0: Yeah, this, um, this f- sort of uprising has been a bit of a humanitarian crisis. What's, it, um, what's that mean for the people on the ground there, for the civilians that are living there now? And, you know, how many, how many dead and casualties, and how are they going to pick themselves up from this crisis?
2: Well, I mean, yes, it has been a terrible... A Terrible, um experience over the past say nine months or whatever it is but in in many respects you've got to think about it in in terms of the last say 20 years anyway and it's pretty, been pretty terrible for them all through that period as well and so you know we, we've seen you know, interviews with people on television where they've been saying we don't care we're willing to put up with this just so we can get rid of the the gaddafis and their face and their followers um Having said that, you know, these people are going to have to find get work again, get uh, find ways of, of you know feeding the family and all that sort of thing, and it's it's going to be a, a very hard and a, a process. that's going to require a lot of patience, uh, a, a lot of understanding, uh, and that's going to be a real challenge because I think over the next period we'll find that some enmities, some old enmities, some hatreds that have developed over the Gaddafi era will start to emerge uh, it's going to be very hard to keep them under control
0: and who's going to be in charge
2: <laughs> excuse me well we have um we have a transitional council that is is running the show at the moment and there's the chap al-jaleel Jalil who is the is the chairman of that council um so on the on the surface it looks like he is in charge and the council's in charge however um it's not entirely clear how much control they have whether they really control the men with guns uh whether they're really in control of the armed forces uh and, and that's going to become clear over the next few months i suspect uh it's notable for example that the the council ha- has delayed going to tripoli itself because they, they reckon it's not safe well I think if you're going to send a message to your population, you have to you have to take risks, you have to appear in, in Tripoli and, and be seen to be running the, 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 uh, the government. Uh, so I think there's been a bit of a slip-up there.
1: So how much change do you think is actually going to be possible under this new government?
2: Well, uh, Gaddafi is gone. So the outright, the the overt, Horrors that that are now starting to come to light in in shocking um, clarity. Uh, those hopefully will be at least much toned down. But you know whether we're going to see a democratic system on you know in the Australian style or something. I think that's a really hard ask of people who've never had the opportunity to uh, conduct proper elections and that sort of thing. It's not to say that they don't want it or that they themselves are not competent of doing it but i think there's there's problems of where power lies you know and who has the power and are there competing centers of power um you know in australia we have competing centers of power and that's one of the things that forces us to have a a democratic system but in, in libya you'll have the tribal groups divided against each other and then the military probably holding the, holding the circle uh, in, in the middle. And so I suspect that the
1: military is going to play a, a very strong role in all of this. And, and what about for gay Libyans? Do they, do they have any hope under this new regime?
2: <sighs> this is such a vexed issue all throughout the Middle East. Um, it, it's an issue that basically doesn't exist in the eyes of, of most governments. Mm. Uh, and, and the idea that that people might sort of announce themselves in public, it would be a very dangerous thing. Even if government didn't, even if the government didn't actually adopt a policy that was hostile, I, I think the population will struggle with that sort of that that issue.
3: Yeah. Okay, Anthony, thanks a lot for your time. I think we're going to have to move on now. So thanks again. Um, and we'd like to know what everyone else out there thinks. If you've got an opinion on what's happening in Libya, why don't you let us know? SMS us on 0427 JOY 949 or give us a call 1300 956 949. After the next track, it's time to head over to Hollywood for all the latest gossip.
0: Yes, you are with the roundup on JOY 94.9. And this is uh, the wolves or the uh, this is good natured uh, by the wolves. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: You're with Ellie, Anthony, and Jed on The Roundup. Let us know your thoughts throughout the show. SMS joy, uh, 0427 JOY 949 or call us on one 956 949 Just as Anonymous has from Anonymous Place. They've written in and said, "'Hello, people, who I blip when I'm not at work "'has absolutely nothing to do with my job. "'My straight boss could be an SM queen. "'Does she need to tell me that, God, please no?' If someone chooses their position to um, to promote gay rights, then yay. But it's their choice and in timing. Indeed. I respect that position, but I respectfully disagree.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that was on the back of us talking about the new boss of Apple. <laughs> so you yeah. can let us know your thoughts. SMS 0427 JOY 949 or email on air at joy.org.au. You are with the Roundup on JOY 94.9.
3: It's gossip time on the roundup. Celebs are bad. Now we found
2: out Anastasia and the crew will tell you what they did to it. Madonna's bad. Britney sad. Lady Gaga's wearing a bag. It's gossip time. Gotta go. Gotta get
1: on. Gossip time with the show. Gossip time. It's gossip time.
0: Yes, and there's a little piece of Michael Pinter for you just in case you are missing him. So in the gossip, I don't know if you guys have seen, Matt Damon is chubbing it up a bit. He used to be uh, svelte. The 40-year-old actor arrived at the Venice Film Festival recently wearing a baggy beige jumper and looking charmingly chubby. Uh, He showed off his fuller figure at the photo call for his new movie, Contagion. The movie also stars super slim Gwyneth Paltrow, who made Matt's weight gain all the more obvious as the two together. Together. Matt's role in the film has him playing an everyday guy, but it didn't require him to pack on the pounds. Methinks maybe he's just been enjoying one too many donuts oh, every day, I every hour know. of every day. Matt
3: Damon does like to keep it real. He's, he's one of those actors that likes to embrace his character, so he's obviously decided that, that characters are fatty.
0: A real man's a chubber. <laughs> yeah, and look, you know what? If you thought Madonna was the one and only material girl, then you are wrong. Madonna's heading to court over a trademark infringement lawsuit filed by LA Triumph Inc. concerning the name of her material girl tween clothing brand. In the lawsuit first filed about a year ago, LA Triumph claimed they've been selling a clothing line called Material Girl since 1997. Madonna argues she coined the phrase way back in 1984 with the song of the same name and has appealed for the case to be dropped. Yes, yeah, That's
1: that's like 10 years earlier. What the hell?
0: Yeah. Look, in more celebrity legal woes, music legend Prince is at risk of being a millions of dollars in the red. A New York court says Prince uh, should pay almost $4 million to perfume company Revelations Perfume and Cosmetics, who released a fragrance named after his album uh, 3121 in 2006. The company claims that Prince failed to hold up his end of the deal and promote the scent. Prince's lawyer told the New York Journal that the singer would fight the claims with the verdict expected. On November 1st. Did I say the album name? No. Wrong? Is that why three you're one, laughing?
1: 3121, one. isn't that South Yarra? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we think there could be a Melbourne suburb that has a claim
1: to, uh, you know, I'm some
0: justice sure
1: there South
0: as well. I'm pretty sure South Yarra, 3121. Maybe, maybe South Yarra <laughs> should um, sue Prince, <laughs> Prince or should they sue the perfume company who've. Taken Prince's album name, Sue everybody. Look, it's all a bit.
3: Come on, just
0: let's throw it all in the ring, hey. <laughs> um, and in look, this is kind of pleasant news. Back in January uh, this year, she said 2011 would be her year, but Sandra Bullock never believed it would be the one when she found love. Aww. Oh, yeah. Well, they do say it always happens when you're not looking for it. <laughs> now, after months of taking things slowly, she's finally going public about her relationship with Ryan Reynolds.
1: Ryan Reynolds, really? Yes. Oh. Really? Now, didn't Scotland, he... Who
0: he broke up? Who did he break up with recently? Some other oh, exactly hot blonde there. starlet. In, in a further sign of just how serious the relationship has become, Ryan has talked about applying to become a co-adopter of Lewis. Uh, they've even discussed adopting again as a couple. So uh, where they once tried everything to avoid being spotted together in recent weeks, Ryan has become a regular visitor to Sandra's Hollywood Hills home and she's even taken him to meet her father, John, in Wyoming. Ryan is also one of the few people Sandra trusts with her 20-month-old son, Lewis. She must trust him if she's talking about letting him adopt the Aww. kid. I know. Isn't that nice? They could be wedding bells again. Sandra Sanders. Sandra deserves it, yeah, doesn't, doesn't she? Yeah, she
1: always seem just really nice? She, she seems, seems like a nice person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think she copped a bit of a raw deal in she that did. whole other stuff that went Ryan on. Ryan
1: Reynolds is much
3: nicer than her ex, though. So, well, that's good, good on her. Way oh, we we yeah. bless the
0: union. We bless the union, Sandra. Go for it. Um, if you thought that Beyonce and her mother, Tina Knowles, spending $13,000 in 90 minutes, that's an hour and a half, on a London shopping trip was impressive, just wait till I tell you about Angelina Jolie and spent two grand in just. Fifteen minutes at a high street store our uh, French connection on King's Road in London, according to UK's Daily Mail. So what do you think an A lister could buy in such a short time? You know, two grand worth of French stuff in connection. fifteen minutes, she's just gone round with a trolley and grabbed stuff off with one arm, hasn't she hasn't she? Yeah, it's I a
3: can't imagine Angie. An French, French Connection, connection. Gear, but Maybe well, they but...
0: Well, keep an eye out. There was a mustard cami, a white blouse, a black <laughs> midi skirt, and wads of accessories, and lots and lots of clothes for her daughters, uh, Shiloh and Zara, who joined her on the shopping spree, including a mini faux, faux, faux fur jacket. Aww. Totes <laughs> adorbs, that you know, is.
1: But when you have lots of money and have no time... You know, that's efficiency. What are you
0: going to do? Well, wouldn't you just send one of your minions off to get the stuff? I don't know. Anyway, in more fashion news, designer Alex Perry, we heard about this in the news, has hit back at claims he attacked a size 8 teenager for her weight when she was a contestant on Australia's Next Top Model. Perry has refused to apologise for likening the 18-year-old Alessandra Moon's body to overstuffed luggage Uh, on an episode of the Top Rating Show. Miss Moon, who weighs 57 kilos, told the Daily Telegraph she believed the criticism sent a bad message message to insecure young viewers but the glamorous designer told a current affair he stood by his comments as he didn't say anything wrong he says if alessandra was 57 kilos at the time of that shoot then so was i there's no way she could (laughs) there's no way she could fit into a size 8 garment at the time of that shoot (laughs) miss moon told the daily telegraph she was shocked by perry's criticism i know this has happened to other girls she said in the past but i was shocked when perry said i was too fat i'm only a size 8 there's going to be a lot of young girls watching this who are much bigger than me how's this going to make them feel well that's true the average australian woman is between size 12 to 14 i love that that's his defense i thought he was going to say no 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 he she took
1: it out of context it was the clothing or something but he's like no she actually was fat yeah. that's his defense <laughs> he doesn't know. hold
3: back alex perry but um look seriously i don't think anyone should be watching that show to to look at these girls as role models because they're all pretty thin they are and pretty thin and they're all
0: there to be modelling and yep. models are thin and we know that they're not naturally kind of normal sized. Look, moving on to music news, Rihanna might be on the lookout for a new manager. Mediatakeout.com reports that the 23-year-old singer has decided to drop Jay-Z and his Rock Nation team as her managers. Uh, there were similar reports last April after Rihanna allegedly learned of financial irregularities when the Rock Nation team began managing Beyonce too but the issue seemed to be smoothed over and she decided to stay on until now. So, Jay-Z's on a bit of an emotional. Roller coaster. Good news, his wife Beyonce's pregnant, but he might lose one of his biggest stars. Rihanna's also launched a multi-million dollar lawsuit against her Rock Nation manager Jay Brown's sister. So, in the lawsuit, Rihanna claims Jay's sister defrauded her. Confusing to say the least, uh, and it looks like mm. things are about to get mega messy, so stay tuned for more on that one. And, Bieber, cause we love him.
2: Mm-hmm. I know you
0: guys. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> As the new host of punk Justin Bieber is all too familiar with orchestrating practical jokes on his famous friends, but he was probably less than comfortable about becoming the butt of one. The pint-sized pop star's entire official music video collection was wiped off YouTube recently after a user, known only as Ill Creation, submitted a copyright claim on each of his tunes. Thanks to the site's Remove First and Ask Questions Later policy on copyright claims, the only beebs left on YouTube after the sweep was the screeching legacy of a billion teens covering Baby. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. You know,
0: Justin Bieber's version of Baby is the most watched YouTube video of all time with more than 6 million uh, streams. What? Yeah, but it's got more than 1.7 million dislikes. That's more than double the number of likes. <laughs> and it almost fell victim last month to YouTube's algorithm that weeds out unpopular clips. Um, really? Yeah, and oh, dumps oh, them on from the, the site. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a massive uh, social media campaign by Bieber's fans saved the day for the hit song That's Lucky Bieber awesome. and His Fans. And that is your gossip for another week
3: I feel very informed so uh, (laughs) coming up um, after the break we are going to talk about some recent news that posted that Melbourne's now the most livable city in the world an interesting topic and we want to hear what you think about that one as well so um, we'll hear that after the next check by Sia Uh,
0: yes sms 0427 joy 949 or email us on air at joy.org.au you are with the roundup on joy 94.9 sorry. Yes, and you are with Ali, Anthony and Jed on The Roundup on Australia's only lesbian and gay radio station, Joy 94.9. And a special hello to all of our international listeners. You guys can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Roundup on Joy. Now, look, guys, we were talking
1: to Anthony Billingsley, lecturer in Middle East and International Relations at the University of New South Wales earlier on Libya. And talking to him about what it was like for people on the ground there. And we have some feedback from everyone out there. Finally, my mum can't get angry at me for Facebooking. It's created a whole revolution. (laughs) And she says, nice. Get on the Facebook. And Paul from Canberra. Hello, Paul from Canberra. You must be listening on your iPhone app. (laughs) um, Says you can't have a democracy without education. Look at Afghanistan.
3: Well, they've got some challenges ahead. I think Paul's right there, but... I think they're in a better place than they were. So,
1: yeah, you have to hope. You have to hope and cross your fingers. Um, and we're also talking about gossip because we're shallow. And but- we're talking about um, Australia's Next Top Model and that Alex Perry called a size eight girl like she was a sack of overstuffed, okay. Lug- over-stuffed, Lug- over-stuffed luggage. luggage. Yeah. It uh, gets me every time. And we have a message in from Mike. Thanks for sending in your name, Mike. Uh, Alex Perry has been watching too much of America's Top Model.
0: Uh, are they pretty nasty on America's Top Model?
3: Oh, yeah, they are. But
1: that's good.
3: We're, we're too nice in Australia sometimes. Mm. Bring it on, Alex. Not that I can his comments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, look, moving on. Speaking to someone from, well, Melbourne... You might say that Melbourne is, yeah it's okay, complaining about the public transport or something. but speaking to someone from say Sydney or Canberra, Paul, and you will claim that Melbourne is absolutely the best city in the world. Do you have a, we have rivalry with Sydney, come on, I do. Melbourne, totally. Melbourne is awesome, but the thing is now we have proof Melbourne has been named the world's most livable city.
0: Congratulations, Melbourne. But
3: is it? Well, look, guys, in the news last week, um, it was announced that Melbourne, in a, in a recent survey, it's the survey by the Economics Intelligence Unit, has ranked us as number one. We've bumped Vancouver off the list for the first time in 10 years. Look, and we hear about this survey every year when it comes out, and we're always desperate to be at the top, and then we're not, and then we're all a bit disappointed. But this year, we have bumped them off to be number one. Woo! Look, there's a few reasons for this. According to the survey, um, some of them might be the fact that there's been a lot of... um, It's been a tumultuous year across the globe. So, things like the economic crisis in Europe has bumped a lot of those cities down.
1: Or we Uh, just got better. Let me
3: finish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, uh, instability in the Middle East has bumped a lot of those cities down. And because Australia, I guess, got through the financial crisis relatively well... For that reason and many others, Melbourne is now number one.
1: I I thought they just added in trendiness as a factor and we just went... Yeah.
0: (laughs) City most likely to have people wearing black clothing. (laughs) I don't know. Look, I don't know if Melbourne really is... I I love that Melbourne's been, you know... I'm the proudest Melbourneian ever, but really? seriously, is are we really the world's most livable city? Like, this thing, it doesn't take into consideration public transport. Like, you cannot get anywhere across... You can't get from one side of Melbourne to the other on public transport. We are so spread out. We are so urbanised, sub-urbanised, that you are, <laughs> we're totally reliant on petrol and on vehicles. You know, and here... Peak hour in the city, you might wait 10 or 15 minutes for a train in peak hour. Sometimes, you know, I wait 20 minutes for a train. In other countries, you wait, you start, people start huffing and puffing when the train's, you know, you've waited four minutes for it. How can that be livable?
1: Ellie, I have two questions for you. Yes, One Jed. Is have you been to Perth?
0: <laughs> no, I've never been to Perth. Go to Perth. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, number so two, I'm not disputing that Melbourne <laughs> is more livable than Perth.
1: <laughs> and, and I'm
3: two... sure Paul from Canberra would have a commentary on um, public transport well, in that city as
1: well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and question two: Have you been to a war-torn country?
0: Kelly. <laughs> 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 well, yes, but not while oh. not while wars are on. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so much. Okay, okay, but, but fair But certainly, enough. certainly, I'm not disputing that. Melbourne isn't more livable than a lot of places in the world. <laughs> All I'm saying is, are we better than a lot of other places in the world?
1: Yes, we are.
3: I'm I'm a bit with Ellie. <laughs> I agree that public transport's pretty shocking and um, other factors that I don't think they really have considered are things like petrol prices as well. They're astronomical in Australia and you know, in Melbourne, so that's another issue considering our reliance on transport. And what about housing affordability? Australia is surely one – well, it is – one of the most affordable countries in the world to buy or to rent. Yes.
0: Let us know what you think. SMS 0427 JOY949 or email onair at joy.org.au. And let us here on the Roundup know, do you think Melbourne really is the world's most livable city or are we a bit lower down on that list, which is based on what kind of white middle-class executives would find comfortable?
3: That's right. Well, that's where the survey, I think, originally started. It was a, a survey for executives having to live in um, sort of foreign cities and rank them according to what they would need. So maybe it's uh, gone a bit skew if over the years as, as ranking. But what some of the actual criteria were, I'll read a couple of them out. Whether the city had the best or worst living conditions, um, when they were scored on political and social stability, crime rates, access to quality healthcare, cultural events, the environment, education, and the standard of infrastructure.
1: See all of those things we have amazingly in loads. Like people complain about our crime rate, our crime rate is amazingly low. Like it's very, it's a very good crime rate for world comparisons. Is that and low, infrastructure to- as well? Like we have trains, Perth. Four trains. <laughs> Do you know, like... Oh, I this has attention. turned into a,
0: a Perth bagging no, session, Jed. No, Perth. Are you, are you originally from Perth? I had
1: three years in Perth, yes. But, <laughs> you know, look, I've lived in Barcelona for a year and the public transport there was amazing. But, you know, it's a smaller city. It's a million of one... It's a city of a million and a bit. We've got nearly four million people here. I mean, yes, we could be more dense, like densely populated, but... At the end of the day, we have the most awesome city in the world, and now we have proof. Ta-da.
3: Look, it's a tough one. I I think it's really difficult to make a decision. I agree with both of your arguments on this one. I think the public transport has a lot of room for improvement, and we've got some other infrastructure issues, and it's way too expensive to buy a house, and that's why I don't have one. But (laughs) I do agree that Melbourne is totally cool, and we've got it um, in spades in terms of style and culture and all of that sort of stuff, and I'm so glad that we've beaten... Sydney at (laughs) 6, Perth at 8, Adelaide at 10, Brisbane at 21, and Canberra didn't see you on the list at all. So I'm sorry, sorry, Paul.
0: You are on the roundup on Joy 94.9, and this is Lily Allen with Not Fair. Yes, you're on the Roundup, Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station. Give us a call and ruin Rob, our phone guy's game of Pac-Man on 1300 JOY 949. Or you can uh, SMS 0427 JOY 949 or email on air at joy.org.au and let us know what you think, like quite a few people have done.
1: Mm, We seem to have struck a chord with these good old Melburnians and not all of them agree with me, which I'm not that happy about. Uh, Now, Smithy says, how can people who don't live in the city judge whether it's livable? It's very true, Smithy, very true, but they still must have some intelligence. Clearly, they know what they're talking about.
3: And Georgie also had a comment. She said, Melbourne, livable, question mark? And she agrees with some of my points. Rent ridiculous. House prices ridiculous. Public transport fail. Roads fail.
1: Melbourne epic fail. Oh, Georgie. <laughs> a bit harsh, yeah. but I think, she's valid like, she, I think she's listening in from Sydney on the um, iPhone app. <laughs> and so is Stuart. Stuart from Campbell, you are letting us down. He says Melbourne is a dump. What the? I'm, I'm shocked. I am shocked. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and um, Ivan, who's. Uh, says he's from overseas and he says he's often noticed how many Australians don't realise the kind of paradise we have here. And he says, lol, move to my hometown, Caracas, for one month and you'll be running back to Melbourne, begging for a chance to live here again. Melbourne is a great cultural city, vibrant, interesting and with lots of space.
1: Thank you, Yvonne.
3: Yes,
0: Jed's point exactly. Not (laughs) war-torn, therefore must be the best.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: Forget our reliance on petrol and, you know... You know, anyway, carry on boys You know what,
1: Anonymous has written in and agrees with you Uh, They say, once we hit peak oil, Melbourne is screwed (laughs) (laughs) I, I have to agree with them But I mean, that doesn't mean that we still aren't the best
3: and, uh, and the last time we've got here is Susie from Altona, who says maybe people who lived here for their whole lives don't really appreciate what they have until they experience elsewhere. Ah, oh, Susie, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's Aye, true. let's all have a holiday and mm. go and see how the rest of the world operates.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. I travelled overseas f- reasonably extensively, and um, I had always taken Melbourne for granted mm. until I went somewhere else, and I, I couldn't wait to get back. We have an amazing music scene. We have you know like yep. some really awesome places and it's easy to reasonably easy to get around and what have you anyway <laughs> and you're rose, on. Wait, when more rose
1: rose says the question is most livable for whom well mm. that's right
0: anthony i think you said that it's um it's an indicator for um kind of business executives
3: well that's that's how it started i don't think it sort of has that meaning anymore it's it's been you know made a little bit more broad to be a sort of indicator of how it is a liveable for everyone. But I think because it started that way, they haven't quite shifted the goalposts to
1: make Ooh. it a little bit more accurate. How about livable for gay people, though? Melbourne's pretty good.
0: Melbourne is pretty good. And you are on Australia. In fact, yes, Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. And this is Scissor Sisters with Any Which Way.
1: You're with Ellie, Anthony and Jed on the roundup and we have a little bit of feedback to fit in before we finish. Melbourne is great, we whinge too much. Oh, hit the nail on the head there. It's a good
3: way to finish that topic, isn't it? Isn't it just? It really is.
0: Yes. And you know what? We're out of time. That was the roundup for another week. Uh, thank you to Anthony Billingsley. Uh, he's a lecturer in University. Middle East and International Relations in the School of Social Sciences and International Relations at the University of New South Wales. And it was a very informative interview. Thank you very much, Anthony. Um, thanks to everybody who messaged us in. Uh, we love your feedback. Uh, thank you to Rob for his wonderful program support. Thanks to you guys, Anthony and Jed. Oh,
3: thanks Ellie. It was great to be back.
0: it's lovely to have you both back. You can be heard on QNN over the coming weeks and months. Is that right? Yes, we
1: can. You can hear us across Australia on the community radio network and on Joy, you can hear us on Saturdays at ten thirty AM.
0: Fantastic. And what is the community radio network?
1: It's, um, it's actually a fantastic news service that Joy provides to all community stations across Australia at six minutes of gay and lesbian news every week.
0: Excellent. And, um, We've got to make way for the Spirit Lounge, you guys. You visit us on Facebook for more opinionated news and current affairs throughout the week. Go to facebook.com forward slash the roundup on Joy 94.9 and we'll be back next Monday at 8 p.m. And uh, this is Bertie Blackman with Heart. You're on Joy 94.9. So listen up, point to the truth Cos we are stricken our With our asses in the air, I'm going to fly to the To find out more about Joy, 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA+ community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.